This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Forever. Dog. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Literati, a podcast about books and the idiots who write them. I'm your host, Colin O'Brien, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Michael Wolf. Oh, he seems to be asleep. <laughs> uh, Michael? Michael? Just gonna reach over and give him a little nudge. Michael? 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 Ah! Oh, God. Oh, fuck. What's up, freaks? I'm DJ Wolfboy, and you're listening to Z109.5, though. Keep it locked right here for classic rock and sex talk. Michael, 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 come on, snap out of it. Michael, Michael, what's what's going going on? on? What are you doing? What are you doing? Michael, this is Literati, a podcast about books and literature. There's no sex or rock and roll in this podcast at all. DJ Wolfboy? No. Uh. Of course. I, oh, God. I'm sorry, Colin. What? What the heck's going on with you, buddy? You've been all out of sorts lately. Yeah, you're right. I know. I'm just... I'm exhausted. Um, so, you know how I've been having money problems? Oh. Too much? Not enough. Well, I decided to make a little extra scratch by hosting a few other podcasts and radio shows on the side, and I guess it's catching up to me. Really? List five quickly. Okay. Well, there's This American Knife, Tales of Blades from Around This Country, Car Talk 2, This Time the Cars Talk, Freaks and Jerks, the podcast about the government, Talking Squawk, the number one parrot-themed podcast, and of course, Las Culturistas 2, This Time the Cars Talk. Okay, that's enough examples. Look, I understand that you're busy, but when you're here... In this studio, on these mics, hosting Literati, the world's preeminent podcast about books, you bring your B-game, mister. That's our standard. Will do. Okay. Well, now, what do you say we tell our listeners what makes us qualified to host this dang book podcast? (laughs) I'd like that a lot. (laughs) Great. Well, I'm Colin O'Brien, and I graduated top of my class from Big Idiot University. And I'm Michael Wolf, and I recently devoured the complete works of Marcel Proust. And then I had to go to the hospital to have my stomach pumped. It was a long night. <laughs> he was just writing about cookies, and uh, I just got so hungry. Let me tell you, the exorbitant hospital fees did not help my money problems. In fact, I would go so far as to say that they are the root cause of said money problems. And now I have ink in my blood. So now you know we're qualified, and we want to assure you that when you're listening to Literati, you're getting 100% original material. There are days when it certainly gets hard to pull ideas out of nowhere, especially with Michael busy hosting other shows, and I'm plagued by the disease of stupidity with a brain that doctors say is eating itself. 
but you must never give in. That's so true. If you choose to stroll down the writer's path, there will be dark days when the ideas just don't come, when the abyss of the blank page becomes a soul-crushing void, when your knuckles are swollen from typing and your tongue is tangled from contemptitively sucking on the end of your pen. And in that moment, you'll be tempted to steal the words from another writer's page. And thus, we must ask the question, when is it okay to plagiarize? Short answer, never. It's terrible, despicable, and low. The greatest crime a writer could commit tantamount to murder in the world of prose. It's never okay to plagiarize. Never. Long answer, whenever you can get away with it. Yeah. Try not to. It's bad, tantamount to murder, yada, 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 of course. But also, what people don't know won't hurt them. Yeah, one thing people don't talk about enough is that writing is so hard. So hard. It's hard and it's boring. So use whatever you can use to get ahead. Now, with that being said, we wanted to give you several scenarios when plagiarism will really come in handy. First scenario... If you really have to. Let's say it's the night before a big deadline. Maybe the first draft of your novel is due and your publisher is, I don't know, threatening to break your kneecaps. Or maybe you're a high school sophomore who put off writing a thousand words on Mesopotamia because you were too busy scheming ways to get revenge on your bully while also trying to get your crush to notice you. Wait a second, that gives me an idea for a novel. Either way, it sounds like you're screwed. And we'd hate for you to get in trouble because getting yelled at sucks. So why not borrow some ideas from someone else and then you'll definitely go back and change it when you get more time? Definitely. Definitely. Next scenario when it's okay to plagiarize, if the person you're plagiarizing is dead. Charles Dickens is cold and stiff in the ground, just a bunch of bones in a box. So why would he care if I take some of his ideas and pass them off as my own? I mean, is it really a crime if I make millions on my best-selling young adult novel, A Tale of Two DJs? It's a coming-of-age story set a hundred years in the future that tells the tale of two brave DJs fighting in the dubstep revolution. And guess what? It's freaking good. So good. So freaking good. And long. Similarly, but also different, I stumbled into the apartment of an old man I was trying to rob. At first, I was upset that he had no jewels, money, or expensive art. But then I found something much more valuable. His corpse clutching the manuscript of an unpublished novel. I took that, changed some names, specifically the author's, and sent it to my publisher. Win-win. His book gets to be read by millions, and I get all the recognition and fame that I claim to deserve. Lastly, it's understandable to plagiarize if you are a bad writer. Sure. (laughs) I mean, let me put it this way. Would you rather read a book by someone who is smart and talented with a unique point of view? Or by someone like me, a person whose favorite word is Winnebago and huff spray paint to fall asleep. I know my answer. So if you're trying to write a book, but your best idea is what if dogs could vote, then maybe consider stealing from a better writer. Or just go back to dirt biking. I don't know what you do. In conclusion, we'd like to remind you of our literati motto. A good artist borrows. A great artist steals. We wrote that. We'd like to introduce you to our reader for the episode. We are so excited to have her. Get this, folks. She was a founding member of the Phoenixville Co-op Grocery. (laughs) Pretty impressive. And tonight, she's going to be reading a selection from her new book, Persimmons by Midnight. Please enjoy Aceta Mangle. Hi, my name is Aceta Mangle. And I will be reading an excerpt from Persimmons by Midnight, 
a gripping tale of an activist, and the sexually magical pantry at her co-op. The stairs creaked in the darkness. Sumya, feeling her way down to food processing, a glow of warmth intensified in her pocket where she gripped her gristle. She felt a cool rush of wind from the frozen meat section of the pantry, and a pit started to grow in her stomach. She shuddered. We should have never voted to allow meat products to be sold at the co-op, she thought. It was a damp June evening, nigh on six years ago, and the school auditorium was packed due to the controversial agenda. Clap once if you can hear me, a smattering of claps. Clap twice if you can hear me, a smattering more. Clap three times if you can hear me, a unison of three thunderclaps punctuated by silence. Clance Whitaker wore a wry, knowing smirk as he scanned the room. I think we all know why this place is packed, right? He paused for laughs and moans. Jezebel Ditley laughed a little too hard. Seriously, though, this is a big deal. The addition of meat products would vastly increase cost and revenue for the co-op at the same time. Who knows what that can mean for the store? I mean, really, I have no idea. Like, I don't understand. Sumia felt her heart rate rising, and her palms started to sweat and feel cold. Despite her anxiety, she already felt. I'd like to now open the floor to anyone interested in expressing any thoughts for or against this measure. Sumia knew this was her chance. She took a deep breath and started up out of her chair. Abel, right on. Mike's yours. Oh, okay. No. Okay, cool, she thought. Abel was going on about the importance of a holistic paleo diet while she summoned the forces from her solar plexus. She called upon the sister mothers, Gaia and Ayahuasca, to fortify her mission, their mission, to tear down the human patriarchy over women, animals, and their bodies. Her cheeks became flushed, and her vagina felt very hot and misty. Just then, a light applause pulled her back to reality and into the meeting, and she opened her eyes as they followed Abel back to his seat. She rose once more before Susan, an elderly woman in a wheelchair, was pushed to the front of the auditorium and pulled the mic down to her mouth. Sumia paused for a second to quickly try to figure out the balance between preparing herself for the speech of a lifetime and actually being able to make it to the microphone. It must have been eight minutes before Susan was asked to wrap up her statement about divesting from Israeli manufacturers. For some reason, the committee allowed her to speak on a completely irrelevant topic for what seemed like a wholly unnecessary amount of time. Sumia excused herself to use the restroom. The empty school hallway at night felt eerie and comforting at the same time. She found the girls' room and locked the door shut. She was relieved that it was a single stall situation. The radiator hissed dry, hot air while she pulled her pants down and squat on the low toilet. There, resting on top of the windowsill next to her, laid a tumbled piece of pale amethyst. Rainbow flecks buried into the smooth crystal catching the fluorescent light, and a letter S was etched on the side. Sumia held the stone in her hand and clutched it. It felt cold. She began to weep, for she knew this was a sign, a gift from Mother Nature, and named it Tara. She sat there, on the toilet, and unbuttoned her shirt. She held the amethyst to her heart and dragged the stone to her vagina area. She held it close to her clit and felt a warm pulse radiate in her loins. The rays of universe, every celestial body, every weeping mother and joyful child that ever graced this green earth, all the energy folded in onto itself like a Butterfinger candy bar, surged her vagina in a sumptuous shock. She sat there 
in the girls' room of Candlebrook Elementary, massaging her vagina, ostensibly fucking this crystal. And then when she had a flash of reality, does this crystal belong to a small child? She paused. Stop. Don't give in to the negativity that this capitalistic society impresses upon us. I am my own magic, and I attract magic. This stone is magic, and it's found its rightful home. It's mine. She continued to jerk off with the crystal for what seemed like years, moaning and touching and licking herself anywhere that made sense, in some places that didn't make any sense at all, like her elbow and shoulder. Every inch of her body was electric, and she couldn't and wouldn't hold back her indulgence. She felt like a free gazelle leaping around her own body, Her connection to the earth and Mother Nature was strong and felt emboldened by her new tool. She was ready to face the world and fight for Aya. By the time she returned to the auditorium, it was dark and the air was still. She masturbated too long and everyone left. She groped around the cavernous space looking for her coat and bag. Still feeling flushed, she barely saw this as a defeat. True, she thought. I didn't get to say anything, and they've already voted on the measure, but there's a chance that my work in the bathroom had an effect. Maybe it shifted the energy in the school, and the members did what was right. So we had a chance to find out if she was right sooner than she thought. As she was trying to find a door that wouldn't set off an alarm, she tripped over a blue two-inch mead binder. Fancy, she thought. Sumia typically steals binder from work, which were never brand name. The sliver of streetlight that shone through the window into the school's foyer revealed that the binder belonged to none other than Clance Whitaker. Holy shit, she said out loud. With some urgency, she sensually patted herself down looking for her phone. She couldn't help it. She was still horny, but also realized that Clance might be on his way back to look for the binder. She turned on her phone's flashlight and paged through the binder, trying to find tonight's results. Sumia immediately noticed whole reinforcement stickers around each and every single punched hole on each and every single piece of paper. Capitalist swine, she thought. Finally, the page revealed itself. With the final vote count, 273 voted yay, 164 voted nay. Heartbroken, rejected, and disappointed, Sumia didn't feel horny anymore. She felt sad. I let the Earth Mothers down. For Sumia, though, it wasn't over until it was over. She remembered that she had her makeup bag with her, which transported her trusted wet and wild white eyeliner pencil just in case she needed to retouch her cat eye. She remembered her training from Junior SLA Club, the sole non-violent offshoot of the Symbionese Liberation Army, the very same organization that admitted Patty Hearst in the 1970s. Sumia and her childhood best friend, Ann Kroger of Kroger's Grocery, created this club to prepare for this exact sort of situation, non-violent revolution through any illegal means necessary. In her training, she learned how to alter documents without leaving a single trace, making the task of tracking her down close to impossible. Later that week, Sumia found herself in Clance Whitaker's office at around 3 p.m. What the fuck is wrong with you? Sumia stopped paying attention to what Clance was saying and started pulling books off his shelf and leafing through them. I'm a bad girl that needs to be fucked. Sumia snapped back in a really sexy way. She felt like a bad bitch. What? He said. Wait, what? She said. Sumia, this is serious. I know you tried fudging the numbers in my binder. I have to kick you out of the co-op. It turns out Sumia tried using her white eyeliner to white out the 165 and writing 274 on top, but 
surprisingly, it didn't work. The eyeliner and ink from her ballpoint just sort of got smeared. On to plan B. She crossed that number out, rewrote a totally different number of 283 above it, and then she initialed the correction like you would on a check. The pigs got her. She couldn't believe how they figured it out. As luck would have it, she had one last silver bullet in her butthole, as the saying goes. She was going to end this standoff. Whole reinforcements. A steely gaze glazed across her face. What? Clance was confused. Or was he? Whole reinforcements. Where did you get them from? I certainly hope you didn't buy them using cooperative dollars without the clearance of the co-op at large. She got him. Boom. I'll do anything. Don't tell. I, I can't let you back in the co-op, but please don't tell anyone. Fuck me like you'd fuck your mother if she wasn't your mother. Clance knew exactly what she meant by that and proceeded to unzip his pants. Wait, I need to take my birth control. Sumia pulled Tara from her pocket and shoved her hands down her pants. The stone glowed and whispered to her, you got this girl. For a second, she felt a cold draft and then an immediate surge of heat between her legs, specifically her pussy. Her nimble fingers managed to push the cold stone all the way up past her cervix. She threw off her pants and then realized she could have just taken her pants off first and then inserted the stone. But in the throes of passion, who can remember logical order? Sumia threw Clance on his desk. I have to first ask. She started her lips drooling with desire. Do you, like, actually consent this? Like, would that kind of be, that would be fucked. I thought we already had a thing, and this would be not hot. But now that I'm thinking about it, this is under pretenses of blackmail, and that's not that tight. Oh, sure, yeah, no, I'm really into this. Nice. She pulled on his tie, nearly choking him, while she inserted his little penis in her. Clance thrusted in Sumia's sopping gash. Ow, fuck, do you have a rock in your vagina? Yes, she said. Mother Gaia is with us. Clance knew then she was a freak beast and was super down to let it all happen. She got real close to his ear and spit-whispered between her teeth. Reinforce my whole, you fucking neoliberal hack. This got Sumia, like, for real going. She'd been waiting to say that for like 20 minutes at this point. The two tossed and turned over research literature on the geopolitics of pantry item companies and Kashi cereal crumbs. They had pretty good sex until the wee hours of the morning, which was about 14 hours since their meeting was 3 p.m. The only thing that could be heard from Clance Whitaker's office was the thud of office furniture and Clance's breathy, whimpered cries for mother. Incredible. Wow. Thank you so much, Asita Mangal, for joining us and for reading. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now, we have a lot of questions, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of um, things that we want to talk about. But first, before we should do any of that, I just want to remind our producer, we have to change how this podcast is uh, rated in, in iTunes and stuff because we were floating a soft PG and we're going to need to go up to an X. Yeah. So uh, just, just so, John. Yeah, down. I don't know if that when you put out the trailers for... Yeah, thank you. Yeah. When you put out the trailers, I I, I think it's really going to get some butts and seats. Absolutely, and I would say that we and kind vaginas. Of, we can also mm-hmm. include vaginas. Yes, yes, yes. I don't want to. Yeah, sorry. I butts and vaginas thank and you. seats. Yeah, it's uh, it's long overdue that we stop focusing on the male butt 
and start talking about the female vagina. Yes, absolutely. And I do want to say that uh, in the past we've branded this as a literary podcast. And I think today's, and correct me if I'm wrong, Asita, I, I think will. this was straight up porn. This is activist erotica. Mm, I'm okay. filling a gaping void okay. and a necessary, uh, a necessary service. And so, I, I mean, porn, what isn't porn currently in, you know? You go to oh, Uniqlo. Yeah. That's porn. Okay. You no, go, that's like cool you, sweaters and stuff. That's yeah. por- that's porn. That's pornographic clothing huh. because it is a it is it is indulgent. Mm. This is a service. Abercrombie and Fitch is definitely porn. Thank you. Yeah, that one I get more because yeah. they make the models stand around shirtless. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm confused. All I want to say is whatever it was, yeah. it really turned me on and scared me. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm I, glad I could do that for you. I. Personally, I'm pretty scared of my body and sex. And Mm -hmm. so this was pretty freaky stuff. You know, I think that there are limitations that many structures have imposed on sensuality, on Mm. erotic behavior. And really, those things is what makes us a part of this earth. We are members. We are members on on a cooperative earth. And we often forget that. So I think it's important to be in touch with your sensuality. Do you think, do you think, you know, cats are, are so hesitant about their sensuality? No, no, not no. the ones in the alley behind my house. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. they, it's, they go at they it can all the barely time. sleep at night. Because they're not hesitant at all at about all. their sensuality. That's correct. So correct me if I'm wrong, but are you saying that we don't need to be confined to just having sex in beds? We can do it in living rooms and kitchens Schools, too, or yeah. alleys with the cats. Or not not with the but like next to the cats. You know, Colin, as long as everything is consensual, ice. you. I mean, truly, if the cat is, if you have a bond, and the cat is cool, great. Some so, people consider that bestiality, but my view. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I, don't, I just want. It's not with the cat. It's just next to the cats. If you're, if you're into that, Colin. If that is what really gets you, keep you. bringing it up, Colin. Or, so I just feel like, like they something. found a good spot, and it's just like sort of like, are they the only ones that get to have sex back there? You can. You can. I mean, again, again, as long as there is communication. Uh-huh. I hate talking during the. the it. That's the best part. Mm, yeah. For me, I kind of wish no one else was there and I didn't have to be there. You can have that too. Okay. Just an empty bed? An empty bed. Yeah, I still want to be able to tell people I had sex, but I don't want to be touched. Does mm. that make sense? Is that mm. a kink or a fetish? Mm. Sounds like you need to really spend some time with that, you know. That's what I'm trying not to do. Uh, well, it sounds Asita, like you really need to spend some time. Every with time that. I close my eyes, it's just an assault of butts and I'm going to say it vaginas. That's good. <sighs> Vaginas, it, vaginas are not assaulting beings. They hit no, they hit me in, in my dreams. Wow, and I'm, it's getting hard because it really takes away my appetite. I can understand that. You haven't, about, you haven't eaten in days. Well, I had a tuna salad sandwich for lunch. Tuna, hey, sounds a little fishy. Okay, I mean it's, it. No, sounds that like a that that's like me. a that's a correlation between okay. your subconscious and your eating habits, and that is and those Please. two are very, very, very okay. connected. I can't. I'm not strong enough to be psychoanalyzed. I okay. will say I had nine <laughs> nine hot dogs. I will say I had nine hot dogs for breakfast. Yes, you do. But I don't think that has anything to do with anything. I think you should really let your guard down huh? to yourself. Uh, you have nothing to prove to me. Oh. Yeah, I, I I will say that like there does seem to be a correlation, but you should probably like limit. 
the amount of like hot dogs and t- tuna you're eating <laughs> it just can't be good for you whether or not it's like you trying to like uh uh i'm not a good cook and so i have to work with what i have and hot dogs you don't even have to cook them you can okay. eat them out the package mm-hmm. tuna salad eat them i know out what the to package. do with that that is Quite. Okay, so Asita, this is we had you on because we want to hear about you. You have had a very interesting life, you know. You've lived all over, and you've really been what I would say a voice of the people. Oh, thank you. I I really I have no voice. It's it's really I have no No, voice. You're talking to us right now, but it's the people. It's I'm I'm channeling I'm channeling the feelings and emotions of not just people, plants, animals, Mother Earth. I can do that with AM radio Mm. if I. Get at the right angle because mm. I have a metal plate up my body. Oh. So if I get at the right angle and I touch something metal, yeah. I can. And then I close my eyes, open my mouth. AM radio comes out. Here, I'll do it. It's okay. And what's interesting is that the metal rod that's uh, up the side of his body was cosmetic. It was not. It was not. Uh, oh, yeah, good. Yeah. You fully have control over. It, yeah. That is your choice. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't. It was not. I remember. I was, was so not, sick of bending. <laughs> yeah, I was so sick of bending. Mm. But it was not covered by insurance, and that really set out of back. pocket, baby. <laughs> yep. Well, well, I mean, I didn't need to go to grad school. That money was a gift to me from my wife. So, oh, that's very kind. Well, R.I.P. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's, she's fine. She's better can you than channel, ever. Can you channel her energy and her? She's kind of... in Yonkers. I could call her. I just say R.I.P. That's my catchphrase. Oh. I see. Yeah. No. Well, that's good. Thanks. So. How, in living this life, this activist life, how did that turn into writing? You know, because to me, the only writing an activist does is when they write on a sign, no more jobs or whatever it is they do. Right. For those activists who are trying to get rid of jobs, yeah. I understand. <laughs> hey, that's your world. You know, activism is multifaceted. I'd like for you to remember that. And there are activists for and against the same cause. Mm-hmm. You know, so it is. It is a dual-edged... So like a like a collaboration? Quite the opposite. Like tug of war. Precisely. Oh. Mm. Now, now, writing for me is... Writing erotica, I should specify. Uh-oh. Is highly therapeutic. Huh. I find so much more of my... Ah, uh, what do I say? My mission my interests, the causes that I care for, so many more of those issues can be conveyed efficiently through erotic Mm. material. Mm -hmm. Uh, People connect Mm. with their dick and balls. People connect with their clit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, a little. That's what sex is, I think. And, yeah, and and, and, and the pantheon of pan sex, I mean, really all of it, who even asexual this there's something for them as well mm. and i and i really try with my work to to have that be a central focus so that people can cuz that's where you know in in um in in the vedas they talk about chakras mm-hmm. and your and your chakra you have one uh, right where your dick and balls and your vagina live. Mm-hmm. And that chakra is something to think about. I mean, that is the energy. That's the creativity. Okay. So yeah. you, it's important. You know, you need to nurture your tuna fetish or your 
cat fucking fetish really whatever it is that it is yeah whatever it is if it's either just like you need a tuna fish sandwich or what Colin does which is having sex with straight cats in the alleyway just to clarify for the listeners just finding that thing and being around it cats just it just seems like a cool place that the cats found to have sex and I just wonder if I could also and you can I feel like I'd like to have sex in and out not with the cats I just think the cats found a good place and they're kind of hogging it he thinks the lady doth protest too much no no it's just it's a, it's a, it's just a good alley. It's not many people go down so there. So, like- I guess what you're saying is you can do whatever you want as long as it feels good and you're not hurting somebody else. Correct. And I think huh. that you know that is important. That and and so and really power. and really think about if you are hurting someone because yeah. if you are that pain, mm. you know, the last time I did ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a vitamin. It's a vitamin and la- vitamin A. Mm. Last mm. time I did ayahuasca, there I felt I was. A, I mean, I I saw it. I was, uh, a, I was the queen bee of a hive, mm. and I saw the bright, vivid colors. I saw the refractal sort of, you know, how they see things all fucked up. Like I saw that. Yeah, so fucked up how they see. Stuff. It's so fucked up how they see things, and I kind of bonkers. Even. It's weird. It's really kind of weird. And I felt the pain yeah. of all of my children dying oh. because we are hurting the bee, we're killing the bees. And it was truly a moving experience. And so when you create pain in that way, mm. you know, whether you're while you're trying to fuck hurting mm. somebody, don't do that. That is such that is such an important rule. I think when people see me writing erotica or you know really expressing sexual desires and mm-hmm. fantasies everybody has i mean everybody has these crystal fucking fantasies right mm-hmm. and you know it's not it's they do i mean you uh-huh. must what is a crystal but a phallus uh-huh. what is a crystal but a vagina depending on what kind of geode yeah you're right a geode but it's still going to be pretty sharp on the tip of my thing vaginas are sharp in energy and so you need that is you know the 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 line between the corporeal and the spiritual realm it is so fine you know Mm -hmm. we what we feel is so my point though is just really quickly is that you know that is that pain is something that needs to be addressed however once you're past that and as long as if maybe people like pain maybe people consent to pain that's you know within again if i have an aunt who does that okay yeah how did you know about that how did she tell you about that uh it would let's just say it was the worst christmas okay (laughs) Atsita, i have two things to say okay yes first i can relate to your ayahuasca story yes because one time i smoked what i thought was a cigarette but it turned out was a doobie Oh. And I tried to watch The Hobbit and I fell asleep halfway through. And when I woke up, I cried. Because you At missed ho- it? Yeah, because yeah. you. No, because I fell asleep on my arm weird and it hurts so bad. Oh, yeah. It's, it's you know, I see where you think it's similar. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and some of the stuff The Hobbits do is bonkers. They're really, you know. And they're so small. They're so small. Yeah. And they fuck. And the second thing I have to say is I am not attracted to crystals that I know of, but I have several times gone to the beach. What about your ex-girlfriend? Crystal. (laughs) Yeah. That was why we broke up. I wasn't attracted to her. I liked her as a person, but it turned out she was more of a friend. Oh. We were never officially dating. I was just standing by her cubicle at work. But what about your girlfriend before that? Who, Rock? (laughs) No, Crystal. All your ex-girlfriends have been named Crystal. Oh. Yeah, that is true. 
I think they all spelled it different ways. This is a an example of your subconscious. Okay, the tuna, the crystals. Really, I, I implore you to really just. Dive deep. Oh. It's starting to paint a picture. Your energy, your yeah. scrotal don't energy do that with your hands. needs. <laughs> Please don't do that with your hands. That your was... scrotal oh. energy needs to be addressed. Yeah. Okay. Where the where the Shaka Khan is, you have to. You have to... Now, I just want to counter because I hear you. I hear you're saying there's a lot happening. Take time, make space for it, and dive into it. What I'm saying is, mm. what if I just ignore it? push that stuff down and desperately try not to think about it or feel it for a long time until I have a kid and then just subconsciously put all that on them. And that, you know, a lot of people do that. Sure. A lot of people. There are a lot of people in the world, not enough souls. Think I, about that. I have a, is this therapy? Because I feel like we're doing therapy now. Is it therapy? What isn't therapy? I have a tough relationship with my dad because he would hit every one of my siblings except for me. How did he... How did he express his sexual desire for your mother? Oh, okay. Well, because that could really open up a lot. So it was Christmas Eve. Uh huh. Same same Christmas where you now just bring it up. Yeah. Wow. Worst Christmas ever. I woke up at midnight. I came mm. down and mm. I see, I I see Mama kissing Santa mm-hmm. right by the tree, mm. and Santa pulls off his beard and mm. he turns to me to the camera. You had a camera. Well, I sort of think that I'm a Truman Show. So <laughs> he turns to the camera, but, and without the beard, I realize, oh, my dad killed Santa, put his clothes on, and he says... Naturally. He says, get out of here, Sonny. This ain't for you. This was never for you. So I have to get back in bed. And of course, I have to sleep with my aunt. Not sleep with my aunt, well, but I have to share a must, bed with there my... Was, there was sexual energies exchange, I can tell you that. All I know is I've met your it yeah that definitely who you met Crystal <laughs> <laughs> All I'll say is the stockings weren't stuffed that year it Sounds like they were The chimney was as dirty as it could be and all I got for Christmas was $1000 individually wrapped $1 bills Yeah <laughs> individually wrapped <laughs> It took so long. With bows with bows on them too. Like, Each one had a bow. A and the bow, bow made out of pennies. Yeah. That's a very thoughtful g- So wait, the pennies, how much did the pennies come to? Oh, I threw those out. I guess at least a thousand dollars. You could have taken the copper and really you know, you, you know, copper is very expensive yeah. at this point. And if you said it sounded like it was a while ago and back yeah. then pennies were actually made of copper. If I'm attracted to copper, if mm. I put one of those up my butthole, mm. does that make me like rocks like you do? It's a min- it's a it's a mineral. Okay. You know, it's- now, I'm not attracted to rocks, but I have gotten a lot of sand in my penis at the beach. That is uh that counts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I also I had a I had a, a bunch of pet rocks uh-huh. when I was a kid. Mm. And mm. you know, they were just my best friends for mm-hmm. a while, but mm. it did the relationship did turn sexual at some point. There, and, and you know what? And don't that I've sensed a, an ounce of shame. And I and I I mean I would love for you to address that, maybe revisit mm. some of those rocks, maybe have another sexual encounter with a rock and, and see that and realize that there's nothing wrong with fucking rocks. Rock fucking is a fantastic way of getting out sexual energies and having that energy um, held in space. I mean, they, that those yeah. rocks really, really conduct and hold energy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, 
I guess I'll just yeah. get them out of the shoebox in my closet. Absolutely. I put them in. And uh, Colin, yeah. how do how um okay, um mm-hmm. how would you do it with the rocks? Oh, okay. So I I guess I would describe it as uh uh smashing my penis with the rocks. And and that's you know what that's a that's a way a lot of people do it. Mm-hmm. That's the way a lot of people do it. Mm-hmm. What's neoliberalism? Wow. Because I hear it all the time, and it is it is a. So we know what the Democratic Party is about. Yeah, donkeys. Right? Donkeys. Hmm. You're telling me <laughs> more asses. More asses. If you know what I mean. And I, I like ass, but not that kind of ass. Mm-mm. Now. Neoliberalism is a faction of quote unquote progress. I mean, they're not progressives. No, honest. there's no, there's no way. And as so a matter of fact, that's been proven in the last several years. Okay, uh, but it is a, it is a form of liberal, liberal leaning. It's a form of liberal leaning. So you don't politics. know? Uh, no, no, no. I know it is a form of liberal leaning politics. You're sweating so much. Yeah, uh, it's you know my. I have, uh, I do currently have uh, a, a rock up my vagina. Okay. And so that is something that is uh, catching my attention right now. Oh, okay. yeah, so, I get but, that. But yeah, but well, it's hey, bad. I'm not going to, I don't, I'll, I know not to talk about women's issues. So you can talk about women's issues with me. I, uh, trust do you want to take know, it out? I, oh, would you mind? No. Oh, Colin, do you mind? No, I, no. Yeah, if you'd be more comfortable, we're comfortable. Yeah, whatever, yeah, we whatever. understand. Okay. Well, periods, if anything, I actually just you know, have to push it up further. Whatever you um, got to do, it needs uh, to hit one of my ovaries in order for the the, yeah, the specific I, I work had that sex I'm asking. Ed in school, I get it. You had what? Sex ed in school. Oh, good. Yeah, so they I taught get this. It. They taught this. Yeah. But for the record, I do know what neoliberalism is. I just, I, it just really is this rock in my vagina. It's sure, kind of like sure. um, yes, okay. Yes, you yeah, take care of that, and Colin and I will think of what we want to talk about next. Okay. Should we attack her on the plagiarism stuff? Yeah, I think. I okay, think we this is time. We should sort of. Should we do it like just, subtly or just, just sort of like confront her? Should we like invite her into a conversation or just sort of like. <laughs> okay. Just like attack her. All right, let's. Uh, uh, let's. let's uh, we'll subtly get into it. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, then we'll ultimately gang up on her and accuse her? Yes. Ooh, okay, okay woo! <laughs> That's so much better. You good? Oh yeah, right. you know that you know it's a it's a it's actually a geode, and those it can be hard to get. It's like a cup, it's like a diva cup, uh-huh. but it is a rock, and so that's what that's the really tricky part. So like, thank you for letting like me one do of those that. like a stone bowl that you like you get yeah exactly like, uh, like for uh, making pesto or something. oh so. Or like... the, uh, no, a little different. Okay. Uh, the geode has the it's an actual crystal that's um. In the the concave scooped okay. out, scooped yeah. So like a bowl for like bibimbap. One you could. Okay. So on a related note, plagiarism. Mm. It's been called the worst sin any artist can commit. Uh-huh. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about it today. Uh, mm. It's also been called bad. Don't do it. Okay. Plagiarism. Yeah, you know agree. because art and creativity, mm. it's sort of about integrity, right? Wouldn't you agree? It's mm. sort of about expressing something unique to yourself, right? Wouldn't you agree? I think art and creativity is expressing yourself. Mm. And as soon as you start putting boundaries around them, and you're really in a... So you agree. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So, so yeah, would you... So your feeling on... Do you have any opinions on plagiarism? Good, bad, you vocally know, condemn it? Uh, plagiarism, obviously, is not ideal. However, you do need to express yourself. Okay. 
So, because basically, like, what I'm hearing you say is plagiarism is not ideal. Correct. Huh. Hmm. Okay. Is there an issue? Well, so that's pretty I interesting. I didn't. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I didn't. I didn't want to bring this up, but I did. Don't notice. do anything you don't want to do, Colin. Okay. Well, and I, you should do everything that you do want to do okay. that doesn't cause pain. I to others. Hmm. Well. I desperately do want to bring this up, actually. There we bring honesty. Honesty is a fantastic way of expressing yourself. I just noticed in your story, mm-hmm. Persimmons by Midnight. Correct. Your main character. Correct. Was named Sumia. Correct. Now, I have a book mm. where my main character mm. is named Summer. You're really just going to sit there and tell me that was a coincidence. Those names are pretty close. Yeah, after all this time of being here and buttering us up with talks of butts and vaginas, Mm. you're going to pretend like you didn't rip off my good friend Colin by writing a book stolen from him? That is actually very funny because, you know, in a a dead dialect, an offshoot of Sanskrit, Sumya means summer. And she admitted it. Okay. Now I I did not read. What is <laughs> you the know book? this is going out. What is the what is the you said it was a book that you wrote. Yeah, tell her, Colin. What tell her about, about the book. What you is wrote? the book? It Have was... I read it? I don't know. Yeah, well, it's well... not published yet. It's not even done. You smarty. <laughs> oh. You didn't even. How could you read it? It's not even finished. Oh. It was uh it was uh based on uh the uh the documentary Endless Summer, but mine was called uh Summer's Over. Mm. Did. That sounds very. Is it? But it was about a. It was and guess about a, what? It was people eat food in it. So se- I guess there's they gotta go shop at a co-op. Yeah, and the no, season actually, was the main are character. Very, they're they're member based. So you know if the people are a part of the member membership, then that is something that they have access to. However, if not, then chances are they have not, or they should not have consumed cooperative mm. goods. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting because you have a line in your book that says, mm. Mm, "We never should have allowed meat products to be sold in this co-op." And I still, buy, the- I still stand by that line. I still stand by that line. Well, that's pretty interesting because I have a novel, uh, and in the novel, the mm. main character, his name is Tobin. He eats a lot of hot dogs, and hot dogs are meat. So Someone argue it's not. I, I, I would argue uh-huh. that you stole your line about meat. From Tobin, how he ate so many hot dogs, and actually that's how he died. In the, I, I, in the book. I am sensing... Uh, that can't be parallel thinking. I'm sensing some friction between us, boys. And I, I just wanted to understand uh, if you think... So you, you think I stole material from you i mean like we'll we'll admit um, like th- sure yes. there are some cases of parallel thinking mm. that happens i but never this, said parallel this, thinking for this, the rigor but this 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 just seems like here's another one you used page numbers mm. actually i, I used, don't i did not use page numbers i use page characters what is that it's a it's it's less specific than numbers well do they go in chronological order they do so okay there we go that, hello <laughs> Uh, okay, here's another one. Mm. What language did you write your book in? A few. Primarily? Latvian. Okay, fuck, that one doesn't work. But I, what language I, did I wrote, you read it to us in? English. Yes, and I, uh, A Big Day for Tobin, was also written in English. A Big Day for Tobin. <laughs> yeah, although so in fairness, some would say barely. <laughs> That's true. I used, I'll say, mostly pictures. 
Oh, that's lovely. You cre- you you created. It sounds so creative. Yeah, it was. And I made a new friend because after a full day of falling around this guy named Tobin all day and taking and taking pictures of him, we got a pretty good friendship. Even one in writing that says I can't go near him again. So yeah. It sounds like you plagiarized Tobin. Uh <laughs> Colin, she's, she's using trying. our words against us. You know, this always happens. We try to get someone on plagiarism, and then they get us admitting to having restraining orders against Tobin. And the only reason is because we're not very smart. Do you, have, seemed, do you have multiple restraining orders against Tobin? He just has, he has these big days, and they look so cool. And it's just like, why can't we be part of the big day? And why isn't Colin allowed to fall around surfers anymore at the beach just because he stole their swimsuits while they were showering? I think, I think you're Summer's at, over. Summer's over. Is that the premise of the book? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the main character is the season of summer. So it's like a book from the perspective of the season oh, of summer. Oh, that is lovely. Oh, that I love that. I love that. Oh, Thank you. So I love cool. that the, the Mother Earth is present. Mother Gaia has her, you know, summer. Summer is Gaia's favorite time of the year. She's told me. <laughs> I got so bored my headphones fell off. Well, I'm sorry I'm not entertaining you. (laughs) Well, all I got to say is you're trying to butter us up by being nice. And guess what? We're enemies, Asita, because you came on this podcast under false pretenses. Oh, I have no enemies. I accept you both as you are. Then how can I hate you? All my faults, too? (laughs) All your faults. How? You don't have any faults. Oh, really? I'll tell you. Because summer's over, most of that book was just a, a, a written transcription of rock and roll songs. Do 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 and the wipeout one too. That's what half the pages were. So that sounds very very. That sounds like you're creating creating a new genre as well. I can connect with you on that. Oh, she's buttering me up again. I don't consider. I actually don't eat butter. I I don't consider. What do you put on all your spaghetti? Uh, I, I don't, I don't eat, I mean, I eat spaghetti squash. Oh, uh, oh like how Colin squashes his penis with rocks. Exactly. I, that's what I called it, was spaghetti squash. <laughs> I guess we have more in common than we it's thought. It's because it makes your, it makes your dick feel like spaghetti, correct? <laughs> yeah. I've heard that. Hey, I'll tell you something else. We've, mm. uh, shared the same gym. Oh. And, uh, let's just say it's not angel hair down there. Is it Capellini? It's tortellini. It? Tortellini. Tortellini. Great so, pasta. Or whatever. What's the ones that spin? Corkscrew. Yeah. <laughs> like a duck. Like a duck. Okay, here's something. <gasps> oh, I love that. Your main character yeah. struggles. Yes. And goes through what I've come up with calling a hero's journey. Oh, is that your... Is that Joseph Campbell also is very, very... I don't eat soup. But... <laughs> Tobin also changes, and he has to leave home, and he comes back a different, better person. Interesting. So what do you think about that? I think that's fantastic that you, you've you you've really connected with Joseph Campbell's work and in his work with mythology. I truly, personally, am a big fan. Uh, he's done a lot for the movement. Uh, you know, his, his views on energy, on Gaia, on... On psychedelics, I mean, he wouldn't say it explicitly such, but, mm-hmm. you know, his connection to that uh, shamanic rituals is huge. And I think mm-hmm. that you taking that on yeah. is is very 
uh, encouraging. It shows that you have a soul, and I was not sure for a second. Kind of feels like maybe you're going on a hero's journey. It truly does. All I know is, Asita, Mm. that you're my best friend. And you're my best friend. And I don't know how this happened. And I sure as hell am mad. Don't be mad. Okay. Unless you want to be No, I'm pretty happy. Okay. I'm a little sad. Okay. And I'm pretty scared. It's absolutely normal to be scared. But for the first time in my life, I feel like I can see the sunrise. If you close your eyes, you can always see the sunrise. Nope. Still butts hitting me. (laughs) Well, you know, some would argue when the sun comes up, it looks like a little butt. So, you know, really find find the joy. Butts on the horizon. Butts on the horizon. Every day. That's a fantastic. I might. I might have that as a as a. We got her. She's plagiarizing me. Well, what did you know? How dare you? Interesting. I was inspired by you. We'll see you at Barnes and Noble, where we'll be throwing eggs at you. Would it be okay if I credited you? And and you got a uh, cut? Yes, please. Because I've never I actually been really published. Yeah, that. I could really use even that. Even if I knew. I mean, if it's very offensive to you, I won't use it. No, You won't even have anything to do no, with no, 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 any of my yeah, writing in the future. I, I think like any kind of credit would in mean any way would, yeah, it would mean the world. I'll pay you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Do you still have, do you have any money left over from before you got your, your the rod stuck up inside the body? Only $1,000 that I've been saving since Christmas. Still wrapped? Uh, I don't believe in wrapping paper, so that's fine. Good. Okay. okay good. Great. Yeah, because it's just it's loose in a bag. Yeah. I guess that I would. I do. I have a question. I guess this one relates. This is something I'm so sure for all my. You know, I've been throwing stones at your literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But uh, and I, at the police. Yeah, but it, it, that's for fun. Yeah, that's for fun. Okay, that's for funsies. But uh, so I. I've gotten into a little bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. So I write songs mm-hmm. that some people have said are exactly like pretty much all classic rock radio songs. Like mm. they're just like a bunch of them. Mm. I've been calling them word for word and note for note homages. I see. Yeah. And it seems to have gotten me in a little bit of trouble. Has it? Has it was it, an homage. It's your expression. Yeah. So then it's fine. To be fair, yours are much worse than the original. So well, I think I, yeah, that's I don't play, I, I don't play instruments well. No. Yeah. I love that. I think that's, you know, you know, um, tribal music, true tribal, I'm not talking about, you mm. know, Coachella, EDM stuff. That is just a way of expressing yourself that I just haven't connected with immediately. Uh, but the ancient uh, tribal music of, really, I mean, it's what is now Marashta. Like, like Steve Aoki? A little more ancient. Okay. Uh, do you think they're masters Fat of... Boy Slim? Closer, but not quite. Okay. Steely Dan? Closer yet, but not quite. Okay. Guess uh, we'll stop guessing. Oh, you you could keep if you... That's if, everybody I know. Okay. Uh, they, they're, do you think they had a, a hand on, on music instruments? Do you think they're, they're, they're the Tchaikovsky... No, they, they were expressing their mm. soul. They were expressing... The what was in their pee pee and their scrotal stack, like that's what that's what you need to do as creatives. Like a primal scream. A primal scream. Oh, mm. I I adore primal scream therapy. Have you done it? I have done it in other people's therapy sessions. You would go into their therapy session and you would do primal scream therapy in the hallways. Yeah, fantastic. That is a very just, zen... just to sort of say, hey, whatever work you're doing, you're not done yet. That is a very zen approach. Yeah. I see you as a zen. 
master in training. Thank you. I see myself as a Zen master in training. Thank you. Yeah. I see you as a Zen master, done all the training. Finished. Like you're there. Yeah. I'm a, yeah, I see myself as yeah. a Zen master, done all the training. I'm there. Yeah. I guess you could just call it Zen master. Well, I like a long title. Okay. Mm-hmm. Asita, um, do you have any um, tips, advice, words mm-hmm. of wisdom for, I would say, young writers or young citizens? Ah, I love young citizens. And I love young writers. And really, I think that they should read my book. Preferably very young ages, like, you know, elementary school, middle school. Yeah, I think that they could really grow from that experience, especially with the changes that happen in a in a young citizen's body. You think you think this this was appropriate for young? Absolutely. Why should that not be? Yeah, I guess I guess. The younger they they gotta learn this stuff somewhere, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think that the the you know this shame around sexuality, around erotica, around mm-hmm. erotic that is even the word. It just makes you wanna you know ah. It's very ah. Yeah. And I think that children. That's how I get with the word yogurt. I can see yeah. yogurt. Ugh. Yogurt. The yogurt. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only reason I would I would I, I, I not suggest this book to kids would be uh, the language, the themes, mm. and sort of the lack of a uh, plot that uh, would apply to or mm. um, be interesting to a child. Mm. Also, depending and that's on the only reasons, and mm. depending on how young they are, an adult might have to be reading this to them, which mm. would be that, real awkward. Yeah. Mm. Well, I I think that's an interesting. You know, take I, I don't I don't expect uh, everyone to uh, be as evolved. Sure, yeah. I could um, be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah. So you know, I I respect the choice not to. However, mm. I don't think you know I would love to have this next to Harry Potter. I think that the two are very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Then you know, let's make this happen. Both yeah. have magic. Both have magic. And I think it's a very evolved, enlightened piece of advice to um, tell young writers that the best thing they can do is to uh, read your book. I think that's really selfless. Read, yeah, exciting. thank you. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, you know, I appreciate you noticing that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Crystal. You've been fantastic. Uh, my name's not Crystal. Although, it could be. I, if you, I, I mean, I, I could be. A, we are all crystals. Actually, when I did ayahuasca, I'm a witch and um, there are other people that are crystals, so I'm actually not energetically not a crystal. I'm a witch, but um, witches use crystals, and so we are we're very we get we draw energy from crystals, and so that's something to think about. If that's something, that you're yeah, about. I think this was a me thing. Oh. I just got a lot to unpack. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, you boys. You truly, what wonderful, wonderful energies from both of you. Hey, you know what? Right back at you. Oh, thank hey, you. ditto. Thank you. Hey, that's awesome. A lot of people say we're shitheads, so this really means a lot. Where did we stop recording? A lot of people say we're bad yeah. or not fun to be around. It means a lot coming from you. Oh, I, you know, people, people are very, you know, they, they, love is hard for people. You know what? Do you, we don't, we don't make it easy either. No, we don't. I yeah. push hard. Speaking of love, uh, now that we're off mic, could I grab one of those crystals and try a little sex thing? Oh, sure. Which yeah, okay, will, okay, yeah, me, I knew. It's I'll interesting. Grab this, I'll grab the biggest one. That's a very interesting okay. choice. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh God! Oh God! Oh my penis! I'm so He's happy fine. for him. Oh my yeah. penis! Oh, dang, 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 dang! That hurts. He's oh, fine. You know, I, I I'm even faith. talking with a different voice. Oh God! So mighty! Oh!
forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.